Welcome to the Media Nerds Podcast. I'm Dan Badabonker. And I'm Kenton Larson. And Kenton, we are in the home stretch, as it were, or are we through the home stretch now? We're at the very end of the semester. Marks are due in next week. Yeah. And so we are all feverishly marking assignments this week. Students are done, for the most part, I believe, right? Yeah. How are you doing at this time of year? Uh, it's exhausting. I never, I, I dislike this time of year. Uh, you know, summer, teachers get summer break. Uh, so that, you know, famously get summer break. And you get roasted for it from everyone you know. But the part going into summer break, it's like a lot of stuff crammed into a short period of time, including all the final marking, which is just, I wouldn't wish it on my worst enemy. You know, homework has homework has a bad reputation. Students don't want to do it. But, but the idea of marking the homework needs a worse reputation than it has. Because it's wor- I think it's worse than doing the homework. I'd much rather do the homework. I agree. I agree. And, I, and that's what I tell my kids. When my kids complain yeah. about homework, I said, listen, at least you don't have to mark the homework. And I, yes. yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I say that to my kids all the time. Would you rather mark 75 of the same thing? Or would you rather write it once? Write it once. Right? For sure. <laughs> Easy. Yeah. Anyway, so we're almost How done. You? How about you? What? Are, how are you doing in the final stretch? I'm doing okay. I uh, I turned 45 this week. It was my birthday on Wednesday. Um, I had a bit happy of a birthday. Thank you, <laughs> you and everybody on Facebook who wished me happy birthday. Yes. and I do appreciate all the birthday wishes. Uh, and I I don't usually do this, but I had a bit of a uh, announcement kind of a moment where I put like just took a selfie. I don't usually these i certainly don't usually do them in my car like i did yesterday or the other day and they just said well this is it i'm 45 i'm gonna have to start getting my it was kind of a let's get my shit together post because i feel like i haven't really had my shit together a lot this year like many of us had it's been a ra- really crappy year for a lot of people so that was me meant trying to kind of get myself going on a lot of projects that i've been dawdling on or, or not uh not getting done so hopefully uh, it works and uh, so far i'm like um, keeping a journal keeping notes doing all kinds of stuff uh, to keep myself organized and motivated. That's the most important thing is to be motivated. Well, that's so, yeah. pretty good. And so that means you are just le- you're a little less than 10 years younger than me. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think uh, my father once told me life gets better every decade. Mm. And I think that's true. Yeah. And I think, true. And, I think, and I think it has to do with as you get older, you give a shit less <laughs> things that you used to worry about. Well, things you can't, right? things like be, as, beyond your control. Like generally speaking, yes. you can't, you can't worry about anything beyond your control. Right. And that's what you realize right. as you get older, uh, when you're young, you want to change the world. When you're older, you'll set up for changing your neighborhood and maybe. Like, <laughs> yeah. And, and one of the weird things about being a teacher is you're dealing with people younger than you. Yeah. And, uh, and so when you're a new teacher, you're like, I must address every last thing. And as you get older, you're just like, yeah, thanks. Thanks for telling me something. You know, like, you're just kind of like, okay, whatever. Thanks for telling me what you don't like. Yeah. Have a good day. And I certainly I mean, did I, get, yeah. I did get a, a fair amount of jeers from my older friends. Those of my friends uh, in, in their fifties and older who said, just wait, buddy. And they are calling me all youngling and youngster and all this other stuff. So I, I get it. I get it. I have a lot more life to live. Uh, I just felt like it was a bit of a optimistically. I'm at my midlife right now. If I could make it to 90, I'll be pretty happy. So I, I think that this is a good time for reflection and for self renewal, which is what I'm going for here. But, but here's something that's interesting. One time uh, my stepfather said to me, uh, uh, he's like, I'm an 80 year old. I think he was like, what, however old he was at the time. He wasn't 80 at the time, whatever his age was. And his advice to me as a young person was... Um, How old were you at the I, time? 
I, I was a younger guy. I don't remember. I don't remember how old I was, but he said, he's like, I feel the same way now that I did when I was 20. I feel no different. He's like, and uh, so I don't know what all this stuff is about, you know, <laughs> about you're old and you're crotchety and you can't get out of bed and all of that stuff. He's like, I really don't feel any different. And I have to say, I'm the same way. Like here I am in my fifties and I feel no different than when mm-hmm. I was in my twenties. I still, uh, you know, I still like uh, complaining about things. I still, I still, I have the same aches and pains. I don't have new ones. I, uh, <laughs> uh, I get up in the morning. I mean, you know, you know what I mean? Like it's not, um, I think when you're young, you think of getting old as a slow, painful, like your best days are behind you kind of thing. And I don't think that's true at all. No, I agree. Uh, but it's, I can certainly say I've known you for like 13 years now or something like that. And you don't see, I don't think you've changed very much. Maybe you lost a little hair, a little more hair. Up there, I have. That's yeah, it. I definitely <laughs> that's have. That's about it. <laughs> that's the only difference in the last uh, 13 years. I definitely have. And, uh, <laughs> and I would say uh, probably if anything, I tell fewer jokes than I used to. Oh man. Uh, yeah. And I still tell lots. <laughs> <laughs> and they used to be less appropriate than they are now. I was joking. Uh, <laughs> by, uh, depends what you mean. It depends among whose joking. company I find myself. <laughs> All right. We're I like a talk. good joke. I of stand course. with comics, Dan. I stand with the comics. Of course. <laughs> Uh, but we are, of course, here to talk about uh, the stuff we love. And we're going to talk about the Falcon and the Winter Soldier today. That's going to be our main point of discussion. Uh, that series wrapped up last Friday, so we've had a week to digest it, to to look at all the other analysis and kind of give our own take on it. And then, um, of course, uh, we'll give our recommendations at the end of the podcast. But first, let's do some nerd news. Nerd news. So the Oscars were last weekend, and you um, were probably the only person in our friend group who like was into it. <laughs> I wasn't into it. Chris Schiffman wasn't into it. We just like uh, Chris. Chris made picks. I didn't bother making picks, uh, and we didn't really too. we didn't really talk about it on this podcast at all because no. I you were you were recommending movies, and I did actually watch My Octopus Teacher, which was excellent and mm. did win. Uh, so there is absolutely some great movies there to be to be seen, but I didn't watch the ceremony, and there was quite a bit of controversy around the ceremony. You saw it uh, unfold live on the air. Tell us what happened. Uh, well, I hated it. Let's start with that. I, it was terrible. Yeah, uh, it was. But it was from, from the from beginning to end, terrible from beginning to end. Yeah. Okay. Oh, with almost no redeeming qualities, and and hey, we you know I'm glad that we, that we just had to talk about comedy and comedians, and I stand with the comics, etc. Because it seems as though they thought the way to do the Oscars this year was to remove all jokes, no jokes allowed, and to remove um, any form of entertainment. So there was virtually, there was no humor and there was precious little entertainment. And by that, I mean, they did it like, hey, there was a couple of light moments in speeches that were very appreciated because there was nothing else, but the songs didn't take place during the ceremony. There were no songs during the ceremony. And there was, uh, there's no host, there's no MC. Um, and so that's where the jokes went. Uh, and um, they didn't show clips of the films. So, right. I mean, so you sort of, okay, what are we left with? Well, we're left with people talking as long as they want. And um, in, in a couple of cases, that was okay. And in a bunch of cases, it was not okay. <laughs> on and on and on. Uh, and, at, at, um, and, and definitely... Uh, you know, I appreciate, like, I thought the opening scene 
where you saw sort of the it's like shot on a, a shot to make it look like a film. And uh, I thought this is going to be different. Wow, this is kind of cool. And then that's where it ended. It just went right into weird, boring, lackluster territory. And and I've never, I've rarely, like I, I'm a fan of the Oscars. I, I used to have Oscar parties and et cetera. And really it was, it was a complete and utter buzzkill ending with, of course, they thought um, they changed the order as well of the awards. Yes, uh, uh, but they did that throughout. The guy I read one piece that they, one of the producers said they did that throughout. Like all the all the awards were mixed up. People only noticed at the end because they didn't present Best Picture last. No. That's usually the last award to be given out. Uh, instead, they presented it third to last, and then they went with Best Actress, Best Actor. Yeah, Best Actor was yeah. the last one. Why was that? Well, because they thought Chadwick Boseman was going to win. <laughs> and yeah. this would give them a huge emotional thing to end with that everybody could rally behind and feel good about and give us a little crescendo at the end. Um, and uh, if we learned anything, we learned that the people who plan the Oscars do, do not know who's going to win the awards. <laughs> yes, this proved that that works. Price Waterhouse Cooper, well, that's who yeah. does it, right? Price Waterhouse, they, they're yeah. they're secure. They they know what they're doing there. But yeah, um, yeah. Okay, so yeah. I have this this clip. Um, so this is from Rob Mills, executive of VP of Unscripted and Alternative Entertainment at Walt Disney Television. He said he was only focusing on the positives. He said uh, the whole show was mixed up. So it wasn't just meant to be at the end, but then he had said it was, he said also quote, it was not meant to end on somebody who was not present, but it was because Chadwick Boseman wouldn't have been present, you know? And so what they were looking for was, I think it was his wife or some or sister, right. somebody related to him came up at a different award ceremony, made a very emotional speech about him. And they were looking to replicate that. That's what they're trying to go for is another that's why they didn't put any limits. That's all. Everything they did was try, trying to build towards this moment that completely flopped because he didn't win the award. Yes, and it and, reminded me. It reminded me of the time they read the wrong one when Warren Beatty yeah. got got confused. That whole thing, and then uh, then apologized, and no one knew what happened. That was pretty good. But this one was a. Uh, this one wasn't as entertaining. It was just depressing. <laughs> and not only that. Uh, and then Anthony Hopkins wins for the father and he's not there. He's in his eighties no. and can't travel in a pandemic and they won't let him do his speech through zoom. Apparently so he was not. asleep. He was at home asleep in England. Yeah. Cause it was like three in the morning. So, yeah. you know, there's that, like that whole thing. So that the whole, it was like building, building, building. And then like, boom, like just like somebody popped the balloon, lit all the wind out. And there was just a, such an anticlimactic ending. It was, well, and who's the, who's the last guy you want on stage to make that announcement? Yakeem Phoenix comes walking out with the, and, and so of course the first thing I thought was like, well, this guy's a loose cannon. He probably made it up. Yeah. <laughs> he probably yeah. made up the winner. That's what I thought. You can't trust any of this guy has made a career out of faking people out. You cannot trust That's anything right. that comes out of him. Honestly, like it's just, yeah. Yeah. A, Ever since that Dave Letterman, story. that Dave yeah. Letterman appearance was when it started uh, going downhill after that. But uh, so then you keep, so then you keep goes and it's Anthony Hopkins and they're like, nothing to see here, folks. And he goes, oh no, he goes, we thankful, we we gratefully accept this on the part of Hopkins, who's not here today, whatever he says. And not then everybody. they're like, nothing, like rrr, the credits start rolling super fast. Um, and speaking of rolling fast, uh, the other thing that happened was they showed the death reel, which, oh, which, yes. uh, 
which they put out the fat, they hit the fast forward button three times to make sure it was going, it was going like five speed. So it was like, um, some, some of like, like Carl Reiner gets half a second kind of thing. And you're like, what, <laughs> what are they doing? Like, I, like I lost her. I couldn't like, there was no emotional moment in that death reel. Um, you've got, um, uh, you've got uh, a song playing that for no reason during the death reel was uh, was um, upbeat, was an upbeat, happy sounding song. I don't know why they would they made that choice. <laughs> that seemed weird. Um, and the only bit of levity that they tried was this little trivia contest, which really didn't go anywhere except Glenn Close. Um, it was like a pre-written comedy bit um, where Glenn Close said, I know all about the song Da Butt. And then she got up and did a little twerking or whatever, or what? Or maybe I don't, not twerking, but whatever. She did the butt on the on the uh, on the show, and everybody couldn't stop talking about that. And I think it wasn't that entertaining, but I think that was like all there was for entertainment. So that some people focused on that. Uh, okay. but there was nothing. There was nothing entertaining, and that wow. ending in particular was a real. Oh, and. Frances McDormand gets weirder every year with her. She's won the Oscar 700 times at this point. Every time it's a weirder speech. This time she howled like a wolf. And she was the only person who she's uh, the only person who um, said, go see a go see movies in the theater. She was well, the only one. It's funny that she said, go see these movies in the theater. Yeah. Didn't she specifically say like, these are movies that should oh. be seen in the theater. And, you know, I could see that for like a film like Nobel land, which I haven't seen yet, but it looks to be a very um, cinematic, like a very kind of beautiful, yeah. sh beautifully shot film. Uh, for sure. That would be awesome to see in the theater, but I still make the argument. And we talk about the Oscars a lot on this podcast. And we will again, that not all of these are really necessarily have in the theater. They're, they're just as fine on your TV at home. And my big, the, the irony of it, as much, I was not into it this year. I did not watch any of the movies, except for the ones I just kind of watched naturally, like the Borat and the, both of the, like I joked, the, the, both of the ones with Sasha Baron Cohen. So he should win. Those are the only ones I watched. But um, the irony is that, um, you know, I always complain about these movies aren't released on demand so I can see them in time. This year, they kind of were. Like, I think they, almost all of them were on a yeah. service that I probably could have just streamed it easily and I didn't <laughs> I was like ah forget whatever whatever I'd rather see Godzilla versus Kong than than something <laughs> I could just stream for free on Disney plus uh but no I it just had no interest because it really seemed like yeah. it felt like Hollywood kind of took a year off this year like there was nobody was interested of all this stuff uh I think ratings were down like 58 percent oh. or something like that it was horrible oh. like just just so no only no nine million people nine yeah. million that's like, crazy that's that is uh, that's that would have been unheard of yeah. back in the day. That would have been unheard of. But it's just it just shows you that you know how low on the radar movies were this year. Yeah. Nobody was paying attention, right? Well, and I know there's some good movies out there. I don't want to that dismiss the movies, but it just didn't feel like a full year of, of film kind of thing. I think uh, Bill Maher also on uh, Real Time did this bit about. Um, could you at least nominate some movies that don't make you want to kill yourself? Yes, I saw that. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and right. there's something to that too, I think. Like I watched, <laughs> no, I, like I really liked Nomadland. I thought it was a really, it's a really good film. It's free on Disney Plus, by yes, the way. Nomadland. Yes, I know. Yeah. Um, and so I was happy to see it for free and I re and I quite liked it. Um, but it's true. I, I looked at the movies and I thought they are all, None of them is a feel good movie, really. I couldn't like I was sort of uh, struggling to sort of go, OK, is this one kind of feel good <laughs> Kind of, as you kind of go down the list? And I do think 
that in the year of the pandemic, the ones that got nominated and the things that people were in the mood to see, just like you pointed out, were different films. And so uh, there was nothing, no big draw that really made mm-hmm. people go. And and seriously, um, didn't you want to see the Eurovision song with Will Ferrell? And like, could we like, could we have had some stuff like that to look forward to? I, and I even thought, how could you not even zoom in Billy Crystal? Like, we have Billy Crystal well, they had on a, Zoom. They, they had a no Zoom rule, which is why they right. wouldn't let Anthony Hopkins do but, it. Well, that's dumb. I right? thought they should have done. They should have done the the easiest joke in the book was put Billy Crystal in a glass case and say whenever things get boring, we're just gonna like hit the glass case Great, and yeah. Billy Crystal will come out and tell a joke, or we'll have them on emergent emergency standby on Zoom, and then every time they could have gone back to him and he could be doing mugging for the camera or something. And I thought just like do something like. To, <laughs> To make this entertaining and to bring people to the to see the awards like you can't people aren't going to tune in if they think it's just going to be a bunch of people sitting what like at a like dinner theater style and without mm-hmm. anything happening i mean i was happy to see um grouchy harrison ford showed up and read um the notes that they got on blade runner and and um and uh pronounced vangelis as vangelis and I was like, is that really, have I been saying it wrong for, or does Harrison Ford not care? And I still, I still don't know. It's like, I think Harrison Jif. Ford doesn't care, but, but, but the, it's like, like GIF the, or Jif. Right. So the star power, uh, they had some star power. Brad Pitt was there and stuff, but I mean, it's just, you're not going to get that wild kind of thing that happens when you get a bunch of actors in a room. If you're going to like, if you're not going to have any entertainment, and you're not going to have any, you're, you're only going to have people coming up as individuals. Um, it's just not going to be uh, what it normally is. And why would anybody watch that? You know, like Lord, uh, Lord knows, like movies are about entertainment. So why not make the Oscars about entertainment? And I guess yeah. um, Steven Soderbergh was the director this year. And yep. it was like, is he, is he trying to kill the Oscars? Like, <laughs> What's he trying to no, do? I think he was trying to make an Oscars for the for the actors and the, for the Hollywood people, not an Oscars for the fans watching at home. This is meant to be highlighting the the people who won the awards. Give them all the time in the world to speak. Are you kidding me? The only people that care about that are the people who are in the audience or people who are like waiting to hear their name being said, and that's yeah. it. Like that's that's a gift to the actors. That's not because the, the thing they hate the most they hate being played off. So they got rid of that. Like there's there's you know he just looked at all the things he hated about award shows, and the thing he didn't hate was the speeches. He probably loves the speeches because he loves giving them too. Are you telling me that he hates jokes? He hates I don't know. Jokes. I don't humor. think. When does Steven Soderbergh ever done a comedy? And Ocean's Eleven doesn't count. That's not a comedy. That's so- an Soderbergh. Action. Did you Soderbergh. say Soderbergh? Soderbergh. Did I say so- Soderbergh? Oh, well, Van- here we are in Van- Vangelis territory. <laughs> Soderbergh. I say Soderbergh. Do you say Soderbergh? I have my whole life, but once Uh-oh. again, I've said Vangelis. So what well, do I know? Well, someone will correct us, I'm sure. All right. And the Oscar goes to. Steven Soderbergh for traffic. This is the first Academy Award and third nomination for Steven Soderbergh. He is also nominated this evening for Aaron Brockovich. 
the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. This was the second uh, series released by uh, Disney or Marvel on Disney Plus after um, WandaVision. Now, interesting thing I, I learned here in my research, it was actually supposed to be the first series we were going to get. Originally, the plan was for this to come out and then WandaVision. So it would have been flipped around. We would have had Falcon and the Winter Soldier um, earlier this year and then and then this one Um WandaVision but I think it's interesting that this one played out given that so many of this show's themes played on race and the issues in America around race and the police state and all this other stuff that and the fact that it was it was airing it was posting at the same time as the Derek Chauvin trial like the timing couldn't have been better for this show to be relevant and I think that did help it quite a bit uh people were paying attention to it because of that well there's lots I liked about it but I actually thought um, and I might be different than you on this, but I thought that in those ways, I found the show to be heavy handed and it got more heavy handed as it went along. I thought like, like yeah. WandaVision, I think the one thing it has in common with a WandaVision is I do think the show got weaker as it went along. And I think in both cases, the final episode of the show was the weakest chapter of both of those shows um yeah i could see that yeah i agree because the second to last episode was really good of yeah. the falcon and the winter soldier and i agree and what i think what the what i think the, the areas that i don't like it's like anything else in this whole marvel cinematic universe the things they put in there to set up other things don't work right so the things they put into right. wandavision like the white vision and the scroll and then other stuff like that all the crap didn't work and we didn't make any sense that's what took that's what ended the ruined the ending of wandavision yeah. this is the same kind of thing like the stuff with sharon and and uh and madripoor and believe me i was excited to hear madripoor we're gonna obviously talk spoilers i mean i thought the opening scenes for these episodes were really really good the action scenes were incredible that first one with uh gsp was just say pierre and uh yeah and the ball stuff. great stuff that guy i don't know if he's trying to become a, an actor now he's gonna retire from mmf and be a I think it's interesting that he's Canadian and yet his he's, his accent is thick enough to pass as a, a French person, someone from France. Where is he from France? He oh, from? you got me. Yeah, he's Canadian. I'm pretty sure he's Canadian. I don't even know how to pronounce Vangelis. <laughs> how would I know? Anyway, I'm going back to that joke for the rest of this podcast. Great uh, action scenes. Um, and I honestly didn't find it to be like, I actually did like the story. I, I heard a lot of people complaining about the flag smashers and their whole thing. And I didn't really have much of a problem with any of that stuff. I, I felt it made sense until the end and it got kind of weakened at the end. That's a, but up yeah. until that point, it was fine. It was a fine like enemy. And then they brought the stupid John Walker guy into it. And that's when I really started to get, but we're meant to be pissed. Yeah. Like we're meant to be unhappy about that whole John Walker situation. I was completely shocked by that. I didn't think they were going to go down the, um, the U S soldier path or whatever this guy ends up becoming at the end. Uh, I'm, I'm vaguely familiar with that in the comic books. I picked up a couple yeah. issues when I was younger uh, dealing with it, but uh, it, it um, yeah, I was very surprised that they decided to do that in this. Right. Yeah, uh, and uh, Julia Louis Dreyfus, who is always nice to see, but that, that's that, but but that again, more stuff setting up other yeah. things. That's to set up something else, and yeah. we don't care about that because it doesn't help this thing that we're in right now. So yeah, right. the the uh, and the other thoughts I had as as case okay, so as they introduce the end of the first episode, they introduce Walker as the new uh, Captain America. And then we come into it, and um, and you start even early on. I'm still looking at this guy going, like, how could this guy have been chosen? He's yeah. clearly an asshole, clearly yes. an asshole. And that should be a red flag for anybody. The, the he, Kevin even, he looks bad in the mask. He does. Yeah, like, he does. Like not, he's he not handsome. Pass, yeah, no, he doesn't pass any of the tests on any level. 
Yeah. So and and it seemed to happen very very quickly because I'm sure like I rewatched the I started rewatching it and I'm rewatching that first episode going how much time is passing here between when Sam gave them the shield and then they got this guy and it's like a week maybe I can't yeah. even tell it's not a lot of time it's not a lot of time for them to go okay we got to give the shield to somebody else so that seems weird as well that would yeah. move into that very very quickly what else did I like about this well I mean I just I liked I liked um, Zemo I thought he was a good character I liked that actor that plays Baron Zemo I thought he was better than this than he was in in Civil War Civil War he was a bit of a dud his character wasn't really fully fleshed out this one we get to learn a little bit more about his uh his likes and dislikes his dancing style he puts on the mask for no reason that's that i had an issue with that where that sequence where he's like oh it's a purple mask i'm gonna look like the comic book character for about five minutes that's it we never see him put it on again just for that one segment that's it he's done so that was weird did you Um, uh, did you did you happen to notice uh I believe Falcon and Winter Soldier had three, they pulled three flash dances where a character removes a mask or a helmet and long styled hair tumbles out and everybody stands around going, it's a lady. (laughs) They had three of those. Yes, and one of them, probably the first one that you're talking about is is the the leader of the uh, Flag Smashers. She's from Solo. Yes, of course, she's she's Emphis Ness from Solo. Yeah. But just like Enfys Nest, I don't have a friggin' clue what this group's Aaron, problem is or how to solve it. Erin Kellyman, her name's Erin Kellyman, and she yeah. very it's the joke early on in this was, was that she is playing a very similar character to Enfys Nest. It's like she's yes. leading she's leading a group of rebels yeah. in a fight against the establishment, um, and they're like they're willing to do anything to get what they want done, like they're willing to kill people or whatever. It's very very similar, although she has a lot more lines in this than she did in the solo. So there is that as well. Right. Well, okay. So, what does that group want? By the end, I d- I didn't have a clue what they were trying oh, to do. Oh, well, yeah. That's where it gets muddled, right? So, the the idea is that when the blip happened and everyone was lost, uh, these people liked it better than when everybody came back. Because when everyone came back, they got displaced. There's all kinds of like people. It's like it, it, it's an interesting. That's the thing. I wish this series had explored this more. This world in which the blip has like people have come back now. After, after uh, they returned to everybody, because that's that to me that was the most interesting part of uh, Vision and uh, sorry the WandaVision uh, when we get to see that happen that one scene in, the, in one episode when we saw it happen. So I wish they'd gotten to that more, but that is what they want. They want to I don't know they don't want to kill half the people again, but they want to dissolve all the governments somehow and be one world, one people. That's their that that's their saying, right? But again, I kind of I did buy into that for the most part until it kind of got meaningless at the end. It didn't really matter at the end of it all what any of them did right so that's kind of what what uh really well tanked that part of it well yeah but not and not even just that but also um the um and and you mentioned the john walker thing okay so he was make he's becoming a villain he's uh you know he's a villain he's clearly you're as you pointed out he's an asshole but not in the last episode he comes around and now he's their friend i hated that like, I absolutely what, hated what, that how did like based on what? Yeah, you know, how, that guy, how he had that... no he had no redemption no. arc, and you no. can't take that character going from that very shocking scene to the end. I think episode yeah. five, where he's be- blood beating a guy to death with the shield. He's got blood all over Captain America's shield. He's bludgeoning uh, what they. I think he was one of the bad guys, right? It was one of those super soldier guys, but yeah. whatever doesn't matter and he's got all the phones around them. Again, there's no coincidence here. This is meant to display. This is the this is the. Um, the uh, Derek Chauvin trial all over again, right? This is that that instant people filming it and showing it, and he gets off with nothing. 
he gets off with nothing, right? That was ridiculous. I mean, maybe that was supposed to be like the George Floyd situation. Maybe that was what and that that episode dropped just a few days before he was found yeah. guilty. That's the weird thing about it, is that happened. But maybe that that's what's supposed to be a statement. Like, yeah, he's going to get off because he's he's a white male in America, and they get off. Maybe that's the way. It's, like that's what they're saying in this show, right? There's a lot well, of good conversation around race and the racism issues around America as well that I wasn't yes. really. Yes and no. I, I thought I didn't think I mean, they had a lot. There's absolutely references throughout the show to that. Um, and not to mention, there's some stuff that just didn't make any sense. Like so it's it's when it's convenient for the plot, everybody recognizes the Falcon when when he's not in the garb. Right. When he's uh, everyone when it's convenient, when it's not convenient for the plot, a police officer doesn't recognize one of the most famous superheroes in the world. Um, and, uh, uh, for, for starters and the bank won't, the bank won't give the Falcon a loan. That was a bit bad. That was, I think, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, you're right. Like that just, it just seemed like we, we need the, we need this in the plot. Oh, and then of course my favorite part is where, um, the winter soldier and, um, the Falcon start Bubba Gump shrimp company and they, uh, and they start <laughs> with Lieutenant Dan and they, uh, they go shrimping for long periods of time. That we're we're dealing with a limited plot here, folks. But uh, I think you're right. I think there there are some things that were uh, now, but because uh, my overall, like I've got a couple of complaints about this, but my biggest one is that it should have been longer. I think six episodes was not enough. We should have had like an eight or nine or ten episode arc that would have allowed more of this stuff to breathe. Because I think what they're doing in that situation, that banks, the bank scene in particular, is they're forcing that into show the racism that exists in America. Because that I'm sure that scene plays out every day in the u.s right right? all the time so that's what they're saying there right um because you're right like and it did bring up a good point how do the avengers get paid like that's a good you know and but the thing is i'm sure sam gets paid we saw him at the very beginning of the series you know do this mission where he's catching the mmf french mff fighter from a a a plane he's got to get paid for that so he gets government he says something about government contracts i gotta admit like you gotta think he's gotta get paid pretty well for what he does don't you Where think? does all the tech come from? Well, exactly. Where does all like the tech come from. Where's like, all the like? Like we, we don't know anything about this constantly. He's smashing them everywhere. They they, they don't tell us. And, and and you know when we're first introduced to Sam in the uh, Captain America Winter Soldier movie, and now we have to distinguish between the two because there's now the series in the movie. Um, when we introduced him, he says he he flies for blah blah blah, and he he's very vague about the flying part of it until we see the wings. Um, but again, he's part of some sort of elite military unit. He's got to be making pretty good money doing that, right? Like you don't just pay those people soldiers wages or maybe you do i don't know i don't know if enough about this but you think he's got to be making at least a full-time wage so uh, i don't think he's, he's as hard up for cash as they make him out to be in this my other major issue with this series is that i don't think bucky got full closure um and i really like i know that the main focus of this was about sam becoming a black captain america and i think that told that story well it, yes. to- it, did, it did hit all the right points for that story and it showed him again when i rewatched that first episode you realize at the very beginning that he does not feel ready to be captain america and he doesn't feel like he, he truly does not feel like he deserves to hold that shield but by the end of the series he does right and that's the that's the growth his character has gone through and i think that bucky also goes through a lot of growth but they don't let him change his name. Like I think that the very even in the first episode, one of the first things he says is, "I'm no longer the Winter Soldier." Like he's in therapy trying to work through this, right? And his therapist yeah. is hilarious. I love all that stuff. All those therapy scenes are hilarious. But um, but yeah, he is in, he is trying to work through this. His government mandated therapy, but he is also he has a book and he's trying to make amends and all that other stuff. 
but in the end, he's still the Winter Soldier. He's it's Captain America and the Winter Soldier. So why wouldn't they change it to the White Wolf? I I thought just in general, you're right. The Bucky didn't get as much to do, and that um, they made him a bit of a wuss. Yeah. In reality, like, and he's no wuss. Like, especially when you look at the Winter Soldier movie. He's like, he's badass. Like, yeah. he's unstoppable. Well, I think they did achieve that. There was a scene in the series early on, the flashback scene, where he's, like, in the first episode, where he's, like, and then he kills that guy's son yeah. and all that stuff. That was good. That was, like, full-on Winter Soldier action. I thought that was really, really good. But that's supposed to represent what he used to be. And he's right. not that anymore. That's kind of what they're saying. So he is a bit of a wuss now, I think, is what they're trying to say. Yeah, they made him, they made him <laughs> and they gave him a haircut, too. And and. Uh, <laughs> I like yeah. I like the Winter Soldier with the hair with the longer hair. That's my Winter well, Soldier. Even they made a, winter that soldier. was a joke they made in the series. He's like, oh, you got a haircut? Like yeah. they, when he was back pretending to yeah. be the Winter Soldier again. So yeah, um, he did. He did. The Winter Soldier goes to supercuts. So and I, I think guess. so again. If they had longer, if they had a longer um, uh, story, like more episodes, they would have been able to spend more time on Bucky and sh- and maybe talk a little bit more about what happened in, in uh, Wakanda for him because they had one flashback to this weird yeah. scene, but they didn't really tell us a ton about what went on there and the thing behind the White Wolf. And maybe that maybe the real answer to that question is they didn't want to say White Wolf because he's the Black Captain America. They didn't want it to be right. Captain America and the White Wolf. People saying Black Captain America and right. the White Wolf, even though they made a joke about him being the Black Falcon a couple times in that yeah. uh, in the series, which was which again it was funny, but it's it's like I think in the end that the name didn't quite work. If they change it to Captain America and the White Wolf, doesn't quite work as well as Captain America and the Winter Soldier. But even though I think that's like a, it's like the same as the movie now, it sounds the same as the movie, even though the movie's probably called something technically different, right? Yeah, it's called Captain America the Winter Soldier. Is that what it's called? What do you mean? Which one? Like, what's the movie called? Uh, it's the actual title of the movie. <laughs> that oh, sounds right, but I might no, no. be wrong. Captain America, colon, the Winter Soldier. That's the name of the movie. This uh, series is now called Captain America and the Winter Soldier. Right? The Falcon and the Winter Soldier. No, it's not called the Falcon. At the end, they changed it. Didn't you see that? No, I missed it. Oh, so the very end, the, the very end, the very last frame, they bring up the title again, and it says it's Captain America and the Winter Soldier. Because he's by the end of the series, he's Captain America. He's not the Falcon I anymore. saw that. It did not register. Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah, was, I know what you're talking about. <laughs> did not register. But, but you you thought you were watching the movie. But let, let me let me add this to it. The new Falcon outfit is great. I love, oh yeah. I love oh. And when he shows up, and that was awesome. Like yeah. when he shows up as Good. Captain America, kicks yeah. ass immediately. I love that scene where that truck is like falling off the parkade, and those three like three people are there with Super Hoobie and Streak are still helpless to stop it. And then Sam yeah. shows up and he's like, boom, and he's got it. It shows that he's like the only really experienced here in that group at this at the moment like he he knows what he's doing way more than um than um the other other like, those other guys are and the other thing that's interesting about this all is that uh and we'll talk about this maybe in a different episode because we're running low on time now but i think it's interesting that this series also kind of marks the first point on which the government is trying to get into the superhero game right so captain america get like they give they get the shield they're like okay we're gonna hire our own superhero now and go to work on that. And that's just going to open up a whole can of worms now going forward. That's going to be uh, really interesting to see what they do with that. It turns the show into the boys in in some ways, which is a, which is uh, the uh, a logical outcome of the government being involved with superheroes or well, a the company. Boys is a, pri- boys is yeah, a private, private company. company. Yeah, that's right. But yeah, you're but right. You're right. 
Yeah, they have contracts. It, it's a, like. it's a, it's a. I think it's, it's supposed to be kind of a statement about how how the real world would real how the world would really interact with superheroes. And that's what the boys yeah. is about. That's what this is becoming now because we have to live in we have to see this world uh, depicted all over all these movies. And actually, that's a great segue into my uh, recommendation for this week, which is oh. going to be Invincible. It's on Amazon Prime. It's an animated series. The final episode just dropped today, and I just watched it before we started recording. It's really really good. Uh, it's it doesn't look like it looks like a kid show it looks like it's animated very similarly to um to those dc animated movies right like batman and superman it looks a lot very square jaw and it looks like that kind of animation but it's it's uh based on a robert kirkman uh, comic book so you know it's gonna be gory it's gory as hell like i've never seen levels of animated gore like this um so it's not for, definitely not for kids and it's again it's another realistic look at what superheroes so it is a very akin to the boys in that way it's not the same as the boys it's a completely different idea although one character might be similar to a certain um <clears throat> you know there's there's only so much you can do with a superman character i guess is what i'm trying to say they're saying that if superman really did exist he would be insane i think is what they're trying to say anyway um so that's and that's not a spoiler. That's something that's revealed very early on in this show. Uh, Invincible. It's a lot of fun. It's got some great voice acting in it. Stephen Yoon is in it. Stephen Yoon, of course, from uh, The Walking Dead, uh, but also uh, his his film was nominated for a bunch of Oscars. Right? Is the one that um, that uh, Minari? Yeah, Minari. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Which, oh, I'm mispronouncing that too. I learned at the Oscars. <laughs> okay. It's a Minari. Minari. Oh, okay. uh, uh, pardon me. I'm sorry. I apologize for mispronouncing everything today. But uh, but yeah, that's the one. All right. There you go. So anyway, that's I, that's what I'm saying. In Invincible is actually, I think Invincible would worth, uh, be worth a discussion on the podcast at some point as well. Because I think it's really, really interesting. And like eight episodes are up there right now. It's really quick. They're about half an hour each. So it's a really quick watch. And uh, I definitely would recommend that. And that's on Prime, you said? It's on Prime, yeah. Oh, very cool. I will uh, definitely check that one out. And I was also going to say, by the way, one last thing about Falcon and Winter Soldier. The one part um, in the final, I love the new um, Falcon uh, Captain America outfit. The one part I didn't like is when he landed and told everyone to do better. I thought, <laughs> I thought, I thought that's not yeah. really workable advice. You yeah, know no, I mean? no, no. Can you be more specific? Yeah, like our students yeah, would never, just, our students would never let us get with that with that vague of criticism. They never let us get away with that. So I'm, I'm putting that on everybody's paper. <laughs> That's right. Do better. <laughs> and no grade, no grade. <laughs> Do better. Works. Work for the Falcon. Come on. There you go. Or for Captain America, I should say. What's your uh, recommendation for this week? Okay, my recommendation is a show. Uh, that I saw on CBC Gem. They only have season three of this show. And I've, I heard about it a long time ago uh, and wanted to watch it, um, but I couldn't watch season one and two because you can't, um, uh, I've not been able to find it. Although somebody might be able to tell me where I can find it. But the show is called This Country. It's a British show starring Daisy May Cooper and Charlie Cooper, who I believe are real life brother and sister. And on the show, they play cousins. And it's kind of like a small town. Um, it's a small town uh, in, in England with a vicar uh, who, uh, who's like the center of the town's activities. And these two, uh, these two uh, uh, people with issues, we'll say. Um, and uh, the show is improv, like Curb Your Enthusiasm. Oh, okay. So Our there's lots Creek. of, yes, there's lots of great kind of found humor. It's like, yeah, British Shit's Creek maybe might be a good way to describe it. So uh, I just found it delightful. And once again, it's like 25 minute episodes, six episodes. So you can watch it really fast. Um, and it, it, it had me howling all the way through. So uh, on CBC Gem, and I really, you don't, I started watching first episode season three. I didn't need, really need 
first two seasons to know what was going on. So if he's cool. good for a laugh, this country on a CBC gem. I'll definitely check that out for sure. Yeah. Excellent. All right. That's going to do it for this episode of the media nerds. I'm Dan Vatabonker. I'm Kenton Larson. Don't let the door hit you on the ass. <laughs>